So, John, if you were to remake your own Christmas Carol, which genre would you pick? Gay porn? Oh, God. Well, go on, like, the, the gay of Christmas past, or the gay of porno past, the gay of porno present, the gay of porno like, yet to come. Okay. <laughs> okay, who's playing all those three gays? Mm, good question. Who is the gay of Christmas past? Okay, the gay of Christmas past is obviously Ian McKellen, Sir Ian McKellen. Oh, lovely, lovely, yeah. lovely. Okay, who is the gay of Christmas present? The gay of Christmas present would be Alan Carr. Wait, are you just going by age here? Because I was thinking, like, who was gay back in the day? And and, and then who's, like, the main gay now? Who, who, well, who do you think is the main gay now? Uh, RuPaul? I don't, what is RuPaul? What do you mean, what is RuPaul? <laughs> what is RuPaul? <laughs> wow, Harry. Um, no, actually, RuPaul would be good. Okay. Yeah, the gay of Christmas present could be RuPaul. And then the he's gay- always got something to flop. He's and, and then the gay of Christmas future has got to be somebody who's currently in the closet. Oh, sure, yeah, okay. So that's got to be Tom Holland then. Tom Hollander, little Spider-Man. Ah, yes. Yeah, bless him. Yeah. I see you, Tom Hollander, allegedly. You know his surname's Holland, right? I get them mixed up. There's yeah. also an actor called Tom Holland. It says Tom Holland. Yeah. Okay, I see you, Tom Holland, allegedly. Welcome, everybody, to the final episode of Beyond the Box Set of 2018. Thank God for those last two words there. I thought you were going to drop a bombshell on me. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. It's over. Yeah. Um, so this is a podcast where we pitch prequels, sequels, and spin-offs to films that don't have any. And we're doing a crossover today, as it is our final Christmas episode as well sure. of our season. So, I'm Harry. Joining me as always is John. Hello. And Ross. Hello. Not joining me as always. Joining me as sometimes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Crossing almost. over with Two Geeks, Two Movies. I didn't say that. Yes. <laughs> Co-host of Two Geeks, Two Movies and our most persistent repeat guest. Yes, this is right. Our most consistently available four, guest. Four, five, four, five, four, five now. Yeah. 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 So Yeah. Because yeah. I have no life except movies and recording my opinions about movies. Great. Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. Uh, this is the second part of a crossover that in our recording uh, part, of the, e- part of the evening. <laughs> what? This yeah. is this, this is part two of a special crossover between Two Geeks, Two Movies and Beyond the Box Set, in which we are discussing various iterations of the classic Christmas tale, A Christmas Carol. So on Two Geeks, Two Movies, we just did the 1951 version of Scrooge, or A Christmas Carol, depending on which country you're in. Yep. Um, and then we talked about Scrooge, the Bill Murray film, which is what we're going to be doing here. And we also talked about The Muppets Christmas Carol. So... Uh, do go to Two Geeks, Two Movies on iTunes or Stitch or whatever and uh, look up that episode. There's some good times. Yeah, yes. we hope you enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we compare the movies. John tries to give a plot synopsis for all three at the same time, which actually works pretty well. It's pretty, it was a pretty easy... Yeah. You, you, you lobbed me pretty yeah, low you, ball you, this you, week. You, yeah. you pick easy episodes. You picked the films. I did, yeah. And you did last time as well. Yeah, exactly. So I've got you, a strategy. Yeah. What, just, uh, pick, just pick remakes? Pick, so you, pick so things you, that are the same. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You gave yourself a slight curve insofar as you couldn't use the name Ebenezer Scrooge. That was pretty much the only difference. That was the only problem, yeah. Mm. Okay, so Scrooge, right. Yes. Bill Murray is great in this. Yes. Agree, disagree? No? Uh, mild disagreement. Yeah. Okay, so just for a bit of context, this is the first time you guys have ever seen this film, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, not for me. I, as mentioned on two extra movies, uh, this is a film that I really loved when I was a kid. This is the first time I've watched it back 
since for about maybe 15 years or something in full i've seen bits and pieces of it here and there because it's mm. always on tv at christmas i'm watching it back i could definitely see why i liked it as a kid because it has all of those things i think it has a lot of things that appeal to a kid because it's got like like mild swearing and mild mm. violence and you know slightly grotesque effects for here and there like it's very kid friendly in that way like almost transgressive it's like i shouldn't be watching this it's so naughty but mm-hmm. And yeah, so I had really fond memories of it. And yet watching it back today, especially in the context of the other two Christmas Carol movies we did, which is the 51 one and the Muppet Christmas Carol, I was surprised how much I thought it didn't work as a whole movie. Mm -hmm. And I do think Bill Murray is one of the things that doesn't work. I think his performance for me was not modulated enough. It was very one note. He just seemed angry and in a bad mood, which is what Bill Murray does very well in most of his good films. Like, Groundhog Day is in a bad mood consistently. Mm-hmm. But, it, I don't know, it just lacked something of... It lacked heart. This movie has no heart. It tries to have a heart, but it fails to have a heart. Right at the very end, it gets a bit desperate for heart. Yeah. Certainly. Yeah. <clears throat> when he starts talking to the theatre, mm. when he starts talking to the cinema goers, he mm. broke the fourth wall there. Mm. That was weird. That could have been delivered... He was on camera at the time. That could mm. have been delivered to the camera that he was on mm-hmm. in character still but instead he delivers it to the theater yeah the last well, we'll probably get to it but the last 15 minutes of this movie i think are insane <laughs> and not in a good way like it's really bizarre mm-hmm. but i'm sure we'll get to that in a bit so mm-hmm. but what did you guys think so you obviously liked bill murray yeah? yeah i've really enjoyed it but i've not seen many bill murray films so mm-hmm. anything that i see of his is sort of new exposure to me sure and it's just like oh great bill, bill murray's just he's just brilliant isn't he so yeah i enjoyed it for that but uh, I understand your comments of that it's, it's it's missing a few beats, really. Yeah, it just felt like as it didn't hang together. I, re- I could really see the joins in the stitch work of the film this time. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas as my memory of it was just of the individually funny scenes that I really like, which we'll, I'm sure we'll cover a lot of them. But... Yeah, that worked really well for kids. Yeah, exactly. As an adult watching it again, it's kind of a bit of a Frankenstein, isn't it? Mm, it really I'm is. Yeah. A Frankenstein's monster. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> I hate people who get that wrong. I can't be one of them. <laughs> I feel it's such a good idea for a film. Like a Bill Murray yeah. take on A Christmas Carol, where Bill Murray is playing an incredibly cynical bastard, basically. Yeah, modern bastard. Yeah, a modern Scrooge. And that's perfect. And especially in a world that... This film exists in a world in which A Christmas Carol also exists. Yes. So he kind of knows what's happening as it happens, and he's kind of commenting on it. And that's really funny. Oh, and you great. must be the ghost of Christmas past then. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like he's expecting it. That's really good. But it feels like this film is wants to be that, but also to be kind of a quite a sentimental Christmas film in its own right. Like, yeah. the love story is one of the big problems I have with this film. What did you guys think of the love story between him and Karen Allen from uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark? I-, I think he shouldn't have kissed that woman before professing his well, love for her. Yeah, that's mm. a big problem. So I kissed that other woman completely. Mm. Mm. Uh, that was weird. I really liked the love story between them in the flashbacks uh-huh, yeah. when he was just starting out in television and trying to have a relationship and like we saw them at Christmas mm. and it was really, really... Well, obviously we saw most of it at Christmas. Yeah. Uh, but then like their fight about scheduling an evening's dinner, he was a bit pathetic in that one and completely ignored her feelings and whatnot and he was a bit of a jerk and that was obviously the downward spiral that ruined their relationship. And mm. Yeah, I thought they were really endearing it before that bit in the flashbacks but then in the sort of modern day one it was just... Really, it seemed like he was desperately trying to grab something he didn't have. Yeah. And she didn't seem to feel it until right at the end when the plot said she needed to. Yeah, I, I, that's the thing. I don't think she was given enough to do to make it seem pl- like a plausible romance. Like, yeah. I, I never really felt it between them. 
and that was in the flashbacks I did because I think they actually had good chemistry yeah me too and she's a good actress I, I really like Karen Allen but yeah it just it was weird because he never really redeemed himself enough for me to think oh yeah you've won her back like yeah it was, one speech does not quite yeah especially redeem. one speech in which you full on snogged scantily clad dancer and then true, uh, yeah. yeah and then like yeah. but my true love is off camera over there. Like, yeah. There's a proper a proper Christmas Carol story. He comes out of his house and goes around town mm. handing things out to mm. people and yeah. saying Merry Christmas and organising a party. And he just turns up and says, the real meaning of Christmas is family. Yeah. Kiss me, Karen Allen. Also, in the other f- versions that we watched this week, and I think most versions of A Christmas Carol, Scrooge doesn't get the girl back because obviously Bill Murray is a younger Scrooge than... Yeah. Michael Caine and Alistair Sim. So that more time has passed and she's presumed, I think she's supposed to marry someone else or something, but I, it doesn't really come up. Like, yeah. that's just something he's lost. So that's another example of this film, I think, trying to be, maybe it's a product of its time. It's like, oh, we need to have a lot of romance in this film as well to soften it. It's like, actually, it would have more meaning if he had just lost that woman and it was like, yeah, yeah. that's the one, she's the one, you still have her in the film, still have Karen Allen in the film as this warm-hearted, you know, you know, character, but she's the one that got away. Yeah. And not, unconvincingly have him win her back at the end. I, I did like the, out of all the Christmas Carol films I've ever seen, this was the only one where we saw her in the future. True, yeah. And she turned into a cynical monster oh, just she had like this him. weird Joan Collins on an acid trip makeover. It was yeah. crazy. Yeah. <laughs> and for some reason there were some urchins next to her table in that posh yeah. restaurant. That was <laughs> odd. But yeah, I, I did actually quite like that. Like, this is what the future of this incredibly kind, open-hearted... Mm. woman is going to be yeah. because you're going to do it to her you're going to make her into that person don't ruin her yeah I like that too I like, I like yeah. that a huge amount but she could have done that he, he didn't need to get back with her to avoid that nasty future he just needed to not ruin her yeah yeah. No, so. it, it, there's so many good ideas in this film but I just uh, yeah, for me it was just a bit weird. it just felt weird I mean that's mm. the way I can describe it it felt weird it, it felt like mm. it, the, the final product wasn't finished it was like it was a rough edit that they put out there were there were a few moments where i thought they could have done it with another pass at the script definitely definitely and yep. apparently bill murray and the director richard donner clashed a lot in the production which mm. probably harmed the film in the long run so yeah well you've, you've been quite quiet though, harry what did you think of the love interest plot line or to be honest i hadn't really clocked it as, as being there no because it's, it's, kind of so, it's so thin yeah um then i just I, I really just forgotten about it completely mm. Mm. It's just like there's she, she's there at some point earlier on in the film, and then she comes back at the end because he says that he loves her on, on telly. Yeah, it's like this has to happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. This plot thread needs tying up with a little bow. It could have absolutely just been taken out completely. Yeah. I felt the yeah. same way about the Bob Cratchit uh, Stanton, which is Alfred Woodard's character. Mm-hmm. I forget what she's called in this film. Presumably, it's not Bob Cratchit. No. But um, yeah. I saw her, I was like, Alfie Woodard, great. She's yes. always a good time. Like, yeah. she is, yeah, I, thought, she, I thought that too. And man, is it disappointing. She gets nothing to they do. They don't really use her, do they? She disappears completely from the mm. plot. And again, it was like, oh, great. Because again, I watched all three Christmas carols in the space of three nights in a row. And you watched them all in one day yeah. to prepare for this. So I was like, after watching The Muppet Christmas Carol and the original, seeing Alfie Woodard show up, I was like, diversity! Hooray! Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, she doesn't get a single thing to do. She doesn't. She doesn't get to be funny. She doesn't get to be over the top. She's just kind no. Because the, the, the least... she she works well at eleven, and she's told to work at like a six. Yeah. Here. Why even cast Alfie Woodard if you're not going to make her go to eleven? Yeah. Well, I think it's because at this point she had not quite gone to eleven yet. No, sure. No, she yeah. hadn't established that yeah. that is what kind of actress she is. But... The only time I, I think the only other thing I've seen her in is the Star Trek one where she mm. yells at Picard. Right. Luke, so Luke, Luke Cage. 
Oh, of course, yeah. She's the um, she's the mob boss kind of lady, isn't she? Sort of thing, yeah. Yeah, yes. yeah. she is brilliant in that too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Even if it wasn't her, just the fact that the Bob Cratchit character is so important in the other two films, and in this one, she's just kind of a background character. Mm. She gets dragged on at the end, but I feel like her the characterization of the Tiny Tim thing doesn't work as well because there's not really as many stakes involved. It's not like, oh, this kid's going to die. Yeah. It's like, this kid doesn't speak because his dad got shot in front of him, which is horribly sad, mm-hmm. but that's not on Bill Murray. You know, like, Tiny no, Tim yeah. is going to die because Scrooge doesn't pay, you know... D- doesn't, doesn't pay the... Doesn't pay the family enough so they can't yeah. get him the treatment that he needs to survive. And that's very clearly established stakes. Mm-hmm. Whereas this little Tiny Tim, again, whatever he's called in this film, doesn't speak because of a personal tragedy... And yes, Bill Murray doesn't pay his mum well enough that maybe she could see better doctors and stuff, but mm-hmm. there's not like that same kind of sense of urgency. It's just they, kind of They do also establish that she does take him to see doctors yes. and can afford to do so, mm. and they can't work out what's going on. Yes. So it was when, muddled. It was muddled. Yeah. Yeah. So when Scrooge cures him at the end with, with the love, power yeah. of Christmas spirit... Does Scrooge actually no give Alfred Woodard a pay rise at the end? Or does he just do it to what's-his-face, the guy with the gun? I think he does confess to the ghost of Christmas present that he definitely should have given her a raise by now, so we can assume that she's going to get one. Mm. But again, we don't get that scene. Great. (laughs) Although, John, I think you did theorise that uh, he might only remain good for five more minutes and then turn back into his own That was my thing. Of the three three Christmas carols I've seen, this was the one that I felt the least convinced that this was going to stick. Mm. (laughs) I really felt like he was going to go straight back to being a dickhead within six months at the most. (laughs) Yeah, he won't make it through to next Christmas. No, 100% not. Oh, look. He did it. He's a bright little guy. Oh, yes. What's wrong with him? He hasn't spoken since he saw his father killed five years ago. He just drifted away like Sleeping Beauty. I didn't know that Grace's husband had died. Oh, Frank, don't you remember that period when she wore black for a year? I remember her wearing black, but I thought it was a fashion thing. I mean, people were wearing black, you know. Oh, Frank, my, my poor friend. Well, is he going to be okay? It's his choice. Only he can break the spell. I will say that this movie opens strong. Mm. The opening scene is maybe what my favorite. What maybe one of my favorite parts? Is that with the boardroom? No, well, it's the. It opens with these kind of fakey promos for. Because Bill Murray's character is the president or the network executive of this like fictional U.S. TV network. Mm And they're showing like a promo reel for their Christmas lineup. Mm. And it starts with this amazing uh, action film starring Lee Majors, who was like a big action star in the 70s. It's mm-hmm. called The Night the Reindeer Died. Yeah. <laughs> and, and there's a bunch of guys in like ski masks and sort of SAS fatigues attacking Santa's workshop. Yeah. And he comes in with a minigun and blows a whole bunch of stuff up. Well, yeah, Santa's gro- the Santa's Grotto with like Santa and Mrs. Santa Claus and a bunch of hideously disturbing, nightmare-inducing-looking elves. Yes. Speaking of which, I would like to contribute to Wigwatch right now. Mm-hmm. Wigwatch. Oh, oh, there's a theme tune for Wigwatch. No, not really. No. I'm <laughs> trying to make it work. Um, there's a one elf who looks like some cross between a toilet brush and Cher and Susie from Susie and the Banshees. Yeah. With just the most ridiculous punk spike wig going yeah, on. I clocked her too, yeah. She looked weird. What was going on there? She was the only elf that seemed any kind of counterculture, <laughs> non-just-looking-like-an-elf. Yeah, it was great. Was, she was so out of place, it was weird. She was more out of place than the dude kicking the door in with a minigun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. That was odd. But yeah, Santa's Grosso gets attacked, and then Mrs. Claus runs up to a closet and opens up, and it just a 
closet full of machine guns. Like, <laughs> this Santa Claus is packing heat. Yeah. yeah. Great. I mean, I want to see that film. Yeah, I 100% want to see that film. I haven't pitched that as a sequel, but no, I still want to see that. Absolutely, yeah, that was great. It, it made me think of, uh, I want to say Paul Verhoeven, the mm. Robocop Starship yeah. Troopers guy. Mm. Would you like to know more? We fa- I was expecting some more adverts and trailers and stuff to fill out this world and what Bill Murray Yeah, I would have liked that to have been like a constant theme. It only happens yeah. at the beginning. But yeah, and they have Robert Goulet, who's like a low-rent Frank Sinatra st- type, like his... <laughs> What what is it? Christmas on the Bayou or something? Uh, Christmas, a very Cajun Christmas. A very Cajun Christmas. That's it. And it's definitely the word Cajun. Yeah, because he's singing like Jingle Bells, and then there's like an alligator. Really, he's just, yeah, just he's like jingling along in bells, a jungle. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was great. And then the other one is um, oh, Father Loves Beaver, which is just a <laughs> yeah, <laughs> great. Yeah, I think that's a play on a TV show. Leave yeah, leave it to Beaver. Beaver yeah. yeah. Oh, your daddy's out chasing Beaver. I was like, great. Yep. Love it. Love this. Love all of this. Yep. This is a film appropriate for families yes. at Christmas. That's what I mean. That's what, as a kid, I think I like this because it's like, ooh, naughty jokes. You know, like, ooh, swears yeah. and guns and sexual. Swears and guns. Yeah. I, I found this very exciting as a te- as like an eight-year-old. Yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. That's reasonable. Yeah. Seven o'clock. Psycho sees Santa's workshop. Eat this. And only Lee Majors can stop them. The night the reindeer oh. die. 8.30, and America's best-loved singer invites you to share a home-style holiday when it's Bob Goulet's old-fashioned Cajun Christmas. Nine o'clock, IBC presents America's favorite family in a special Christmas episode. Hi, Mom. Where's Dad? Should have been home by now. Well, Wally, I know your father is out chasing beaver. Father loves beaver. Here on IBC, you'll love it. Yes, so Bill Murray is this young-ish network executive, and he's an unrepentant bastard. Uh, Who does have a good 80s mullet. Oh my God, his mullet. I, I, I did really enjoy and. My favourite part of it was when we had a uh, a friend style flashback, mm-hmm. and suddenly his mullet just got bigger. It got twice the <laughs> that's, size. Yeah. That's he, all it was. It's gone from an eighties mullet to a sixties mullet. Yeah, and I, it's curlier, it's longer, and stop looking at my hair, John, please. <laughs> you I was going to you wore your hair down right now. <laughs> what I loved about it was the hair at the back got bigger and bigger, but mm. the front didn't change. Yeah. <laughs> he still had the thinning hairline yeah, because he was, he was like, still yeah. Bill, Mur- Bill Murray. Totally, yeah, yeah. It was great. Yeah, there was some good top quality '80s hair in this film. Yes, and mm-hmm. shoulder pants. Yes. Oh, yeah. I enjoyed a lot. A lot of his like acolytes in the network. The, the the blonde woman who doesn't get many lines, but and Alfie Woodard. There's a lot of shoulder pad action yeah. happening, which I always enjoy. So yeah, he's an un- unrepentant bastard of a network exec, and they're planning a live Christmas musical production of A Christmas Carol, mm-hmm. the traditional version. They've produced like a traditional promo with like, his team, and then he's like, "This is rubbish. Sh- let me show you mine." Mm. That he's just done of his own accord. Yeah. Okay. Without any of his team knowing well, well, about as yeah. well. So, like, does he think that he's good at all these things? It seems and like... And so then why does he employ these people? Yeah, it seems like a waste of money. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he's pretty happy to fire them. He's pretty trigger-happy, as we oh, find yeah. out. That's true. So he fires a guy played by Bobcat Goldthwait, who's, like, a voice actor, mostly. Mm-hmm. That voice is very distinctive. Mm-hmm. He always sounds like he's mid-puberty and he's got, like, a <laughs> frog in his throat or something. Fires him. Alfie Woodard is his Bob Cratchit figure, who's like his long-suffering personal assistant. And then he gets visited by the ghost of his old boss, who's the Jacob Marley character, I guess. Mm-hmm. 
who warns him, who's like a zombie, who warns him that he will be visited by three ghosts starting at noon. They change it from midnight to noon. Uh, he'll be visited by three ghosts to try and save his soul, basically. And then we basically run through the plot of The Christmas Carol, which I'm sure everybody knows. Uh, but yeah, so we get Ghost of Christmas. We, we've all gone through way too many times today. Yeah. <laughs> We're not, you know you know what a Christmas Carol looks like. Yeah. In the past week, I've seen a one-man show, the rehearsal for a one-man show, a Christmas Carol, a Muppets Christmas Carol, Scrooge, and I've also listened to uh, a lovely podcast called Book Treat, where Dave Warnock from Do Go On tells the other Do Go On co-host about the story of Christmas Carol from the actual Charles Dickens novel, so... I know a bit of source material as well. And now but I am Christmas Caroled out. And now and you're going to hear three sequels slash prequels slash spin-off pitches oh. about the Christmas Carol. And I really hope oh, you get, when God. you get home for Christmas, your parents are like, let's watch a Christmas Carol. <laughs> and There's another version you didn't know about. I'm also now not looking forward to listener submissions as well, because oh they're all going to be Christmas Carol related and just like, <laughs> oh, can we not just be done with this already? <laughs> okay, so we have the ghosts of Christmas past, present and future. Uh, what was your favourite of the three? Sorry, I wasn't listening. What? We have the ghosts of Christmas past, <laughs> present, and future. Yeah. Which was your favourite of the three? Oh, easily the past. Past? Easily. Okay. Oh, the yeah. creepy uh, taxi driver guy. Mm, yeah. 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 Um, yeah uh, what's his name? Benicio del Toro. It's not Benicio del Toro. It's not. Benicio del Toro? No, no, it, it looks exactly like him. It's not he him. He does look what? similar. Definitely it's not, not Benicio del Toro. Seriously? Seriously, it's not him. Yeah, he'd be. It's the guy from the New York Dolls. He'd be too young anyway, wouldn't he? Yeah, he would have been too young. Yeah, I'm gonna look this up. But yeah, I liked him too. I liked the gag walking through the door, even though the CG wasn't great. Yeah. Uh, John, yours is the Christmas present, isn't it? Obviously. Yeah. But I did like past as well. I liked the gag when they look back at Scrooge's tragic childhood and his dad's this like drunken kind of neglectful father. And his Christmas present for his five, six-year-old son is veal. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, from the butcher shop, he already worked. Yeah, and then Bill Murray starts crying, and then the ghost of Christmas past, like, told you, told you he'd cry. It's like, I was moved by the gift. (laughs) That's a good slice of meat. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, that's good. But no, for me, Carol Kane as the ghost of Christmas present as a demented sugar plum fairy. Yeah. For me, he walked away with the movie. Yeah. Absolutely loved her. Mm, Taking run-ups to punch him in the face. Yeah. Yeah. She was was just... (laughs) doing so much and she was so yes. annoying with it i loved it how could I you hated i found it. it so funny Ugh. again that's from childhood that the toaster scene is the one thing that really stuck me from a mm-hmm. child that whole oh, she like, hits him with a toaster. toaster the bitch hit me with a toaster like <laughs> <laughs> she's just doing the absolute most she knows exactly what she's in mm-hmm. and she just walks in and just steals the whole movie for me the yeah. voice is so great mm. <laughs> harry's Shaking his head in profound disagreement. I'm just totally done with this. Mm. <laughs> Great. Um, humbug. Humbug, 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 yeah. That bitch hit me with a toaster. Oh, I love a girl with spirit. The cremation scene really freaked me out as a kid as well. Oh, God, yeah. yeah. That really scared... That, that really stayed with me as a kid. Like, he literally gets burned alive, which you don't see in the other Scrooge films. No. Funnily enough, the Muppets don't have a burning alive. So. No, yeah, I think that would definitely cross it over a little bit past mm. the point of this being kid-friendly, so... Yeah. Was it a kid's film? What? No, no, this isn't. Scrooge. Scrooge, no. Scrooge, I mean, Muppet, Muppet Christmas Carol would not have had Michael Caine burning alive. I, I, I know, I'm, this I'm, 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 talk, I'm talking about Scrooge. Yeah, Scrooge is Scrooge the kid's film. No, I don't think Scrooge is a kid film. Okay. It's a film kids watched, but I don't think it's aimed at children. Okay. I would say it's a, it 
bordering on a family film, but you wouldn't bring yeah. a six-year-old to it. No, yeah, there's swearing in it, and there's, you know, mm. moderate, mild violence yeah. in it. Yeah. If you've got there's young a little teens. tiny, tiny little bit of nipple in there as well. Okay. Yeah, if you've got young teens, I think you can probably hang a family movie night on that. Sure. But this should have been like Bad Santa. It should have been like, this is not for kids. Mm. Yeah. And could've... no part of this is for kids. Yeah. Rather than like, oh, maybe, you know. Yeah, they maybe tried to have the cake and eat it too. A, bit. a little bit, yeah. Okay, drinking games. Let's go. I only have one, so can I do my first? Go for it. Sure. Okay, drink with everyone on scene having a drink. Oh, that's a good one, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah I've got I, it's that. It's a bit of a go-to, but the reason I think this one's quite good is because right at the beginning, he has a vodka Coke. Or like a, is it a kind of Coke? Just something, like, yeah. But a vodka with a mixer, and it's about half and half. Yeah. And yeah. then later on, he has one where she makes it for him, his secretary makes it for him, and she makes it mostly vodka with a little splash of Coke. Mm-hmm. And then he makes one for himself at the end, which is vodka all the way to the top, and then he just shakes a Coke can next yeah. to it. <laughs> yeah. Two drips of Coke go in, and then just wanders off and drinks it. Yeah, I, I like that. I like that a lot. And then uh, also uh, the gun-toting guy desperately trying to have his drink, like th- two, maybe three times, and it gets knocked out of his hand. Oh, yeah, bless him. Yeah. How did, I don't know how that guy manages to get drunk for the end of the show, no, because he yeah. keeps having the drinks knocked out of his hand. There's also the, um, oh, I forget, it's like Marley at the start. Um, he drinks, but he's got gun holes in him now. Oh, so yeah. Oh, that's so right. Drink yes. pulls out of him. Yes, that I, was I, good. I love zombie drinking jokes. Yes. They're, they're in a few films, and they're always great. Never fair. Uh, always no. good. Um, okay, so drink whenever Watch the Face gets injured. Oh, the, the the health and the safety sensor. inspector. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. There's there's a little supporting character who is constantly getting hit with things. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. But there's a scene. So she's on set to do health and safety inspections. Mm. And what happens to her first? What's the first thing? Does the set fall on her? Or something? Uh, no, no. no. She she gets knocked by a lamppost. That's there's, it. there's a guy holding a lamppost like a like, like a slapstick ladder, mm. and he turns around. Everybody ducks because they know to, but she doesn't. She gets and, it square and she in the gets face. hit by the by the and she's of a lying on the ground unconscious. You know, she's taking a metal pole to the face. She's not not a well woman. Mm. And then the next thing that happens is, is it a snowball or something? No, the next thing that happens is Bill Murray snaps her neck. Yeah. Oh, he does, yeah. It's so, yeah. But then there's a bit where like he calls a nurse, so he's like, I'll patch her up or whatever. And then the next thing that falls on her, whether it's the sets or something. The set falls on her. Yeah. And then later she's on, just she's... like, she's been abandoned though. Like yeah. It's like they've put a bandage on her and just left her lying yeah. there. And like, then, a, then a barrel rolls into her. Yeah. She takes a lot of abuse, but then yeah. it's fine because she gets to rape a guy at the end. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she gets to kiss a guy against his will. Yeah. Mm. Drink for uh, shotguns. Drink for people being shot at, which sure. happens quite a lot. Like when, yeah. when the Marley figure comes in, Bill Murray just has a gun. And he just oh, yeah. he very quickly jumps to shooting at this person, yeah. and then obviously at the end, uh, Bobcat Goldfrey is just chasing Bill Murray around with a shotgun and shooting at him repeatedly. Mm. And it's oh, oh yeah. Uh, also, he takes the gun off him and throws it over his shoulder, and it goes off. Yeah, it was. That's very... not how guns work. Oh, it is in films. Though. It was funny. It was very like Elmer Fudd and Bugs Bunny. Like I mean, he makes that joke. Doesn't yeah, he? yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It was. It was very good. Mm. Give me a running start. Okay. Yeah, it got very slapstick at that point. Very like yes. Looney Tunes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've only got one more, which is drink for whenever a piece of set breaks. Oh, that's good. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, so fair, I drink fair, for... Sh- fair few of them, the yeah. set falling down all the yeah. time, roughly. Yes, exactly. Uh, I drink for shoulder pads. We've covered it. There's mm-hmm. a lot of them. I like it. I approve. Uh, drink every time Bill Murray yells at someone. Oh. <laughs> you'd be hammered. Oh, yeah. Petually. Yeah. Uh, drink for callbacks to the original Christmas Carol movie. Mm. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is literally the 1951 version appears in this film as a yes. flashback. And obviously there's lots... There's a whole production of it in the background. 
it exists in a world in which the Christmas Carol is a famous story, so there's yeah. lots of little bits here. He never there. kind of, it's very meta, but he never actually reference. I don't think he ever references the fact that he's trying to put on a Christmas Carol and it's happening to him. No, he, he kind of says things like, oh, I guess <laughs> you're the ghost of Christmas past then, sure. I yeah. Guess. yeah, it's yeah. like he's, he's aware, aware, but he never says out loud, oh God, I'm in a version of a Christmas Carol. Right. Yeah. He doesn't feel like the sort of person who would have. Who, who would know the story to a Christmas Carol? Everyone knows it. It's like I a modern don't, fairy tale. Well, I didn't know it until earlier this week. Really? I don't feel he's got the attention span to sit through it. He's you producing don't. a television version of it, though. So is he, to... though? Yes. Or is he just the president of the network? Well, he, he knows enough about it to create an advert He's commissioned it. it. Yeah. Did his advert have anything to do with it? Well, no. no. So I, I, feel like I don't think I think you're the it, exception, Harry. I think by cultural osmosis, people know yeah. Christmas Carol yeah. pretty well. The idea of the ghost, the idea of Scrooge. Like, the word Scrooge means miser now. We yeah. use it as a word with a lowercase s to mean person who doesn't give their money away freely. Sure. Well, let's move on before Harry completely checks out. <laughs> um, last one for me was drink for physical injuries. Yes. Suffered by any character. Yes. Bill Murray suffers a lot, but obviously there's also the health and safety inspector mm-hmm. person. And mm. Yeah. Lots of All physical right. injury in this film. Okay. Good drinking games. Cool. So, Patreon. Friends game. Friends game, sure. Well, obviously, it's it's Ross, right? Ross is Bill Murray. Yeah. 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 That checks out. Mm-hmm. Uh, Phoebe as the ghost of Christmas present. Yes. 100%. Ghost of Christmas past. Joey. <laughs> 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 I can't have brought you around with me. <laughs> Joey works his past. Yeah. Christmas future is definitely Mr. Hackles. Yeah. Yes. 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 Uh, Rachel as uh, Karen Allen, the love interest. Yeah. That yes. Works, yeah. So does that mean Monica? Do we cast Monica? We haven't yet. Um, the health and safety inspector. Yes. Maybe. Well, she could, be, she could be like Bob Cratchit. We need a Bob Cratchit character. Chandler. Maybe Chandler and Monica are Mr. and Mrs. Cratchit. Okay. Oh, that works. That okay. Works yeah. Very well. Yeah. 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 Is that it? Excellent. That's the stuff. The six friends. Great. If you were to cast this film. With the cast of Thirty Rock. Oh God. Okay. Is is Alec Baldwin going to be Scrooge? Surely. Yeah. He's got to be Scrooge. I'm surprised they didn't do like an episode. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Alec Baldwin's got to be Ebenezer Scrooge. Tina Fey. Crotchet. 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 Whatever it is. Yeah, I guess. Um, um, who's Who's Tracy? Tracy Morgan. Oh, he's got to be the ghost of Christmas past, surely. Yeah, I guess. Ghost of Christmas present. Jenna Maroney. Oh, absolutely. Got to be generous. Absolutely. <laughs> um, and uh, future? Kenneth? Yeah. Kenneth is good for that, yeah. 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 Um, I totally agree with all of this. Oh, you've not seen Fair? You should watch You're missing out. It's great. Yeah, apparently. Yeah. You'd enjoy that one too. So before we get to sequels, we'd like to talk about Patreon. We are there. If you have enjoyed any of our episodes this year. Or last year. Or, or ever, yeah. Or, or last year, I guess. Um, or next year, depending on when you're listening to this. Yeah. Please go to patreon.com slash set and donate as much or as little as you like. We would really appreciate it. And um, maybe I'll enjoy Christmas a bit more. Maybe one day I'll actually enjoy the Muppets if somebody pays me enough. How much would it take for you to... $15,000 a um, month. What, what would you do for that money, Muppet-related? Buy Jim Henson's corporation. Uh, it's going to be more expensive. Yeah, than but the only way you would enjoy the Muppets is possibly I don't, buying it. No, I don't want them, I don't, I don't, the. I don't want the legacy of the Muppets to be in your hands. What do you? Ooh, ooh I don't like that. No, I don't like That's that a good at all. Point. No. Okay, what do you want me to do with the Muppets? Well, I think we should definitely have a Muppet marathon. Ugh. Every Muppet movie. If, if, if somebody donates twenty dollars or more a month, yeah, I'll do that. $20 or more a month, you'll watch every 
Muppet film. Every Muppet film. Cool. Yeah. Wow. How long do they have wait to have twenty dollars a month wait, wait, going wait, for? Wait a minute. Twenty dollars a month, as long as that money is not coming from John. Oh damn it! I just, <laughs> <laughs> I just clocked what you were doing there. I just clocked for, it. For how long does that have to happen? Like, for, for how long does one have to have twenty dollars a month on? Um, I would say I ideally the foreseeable, but six months minimum. Okay. Mm. Okay. Okay. I'm just count, I'm just converting because you said, didn't say I couldn't. That's eighty quid. No, it's not worth it. Mm. And I'm saying money not money, money not coming from you, meaning you can't pay someone to do it. <laughs> Damn it. Yeah. Yeah, that's why I said not coming from you, not donated from it's you. It's not worth 80 quid to torture Harry through more Muppet movies. Anyway, Speak so if you do decide to give us uh, $20 a month, $15,000 a month, or just, you know, whatever you can afford, whatever the cost of a pint a month or something, I don't know, whatever you feel like. If you do, we'll give you a bonus show every now and then, which is called Beyond Beyond the Box Set where we review films we see in the cinema. We don't go to cinema once a week, so that's vaguely when the episodes come out. Uh, yeah, so other than the bonus show, if you do become a patron, then we will give you a 30-second ad-, ad slot once a month, uh, because everybody likes to promote things, promote themselves mainly, um, so here's your chance to do so. Uh, Ross, would you like to have a quick 30 seconds to yourself? Uh, in, sure. In three, two, oh, he's timing one. Me. Go! Okay, uh, I co-host Two Geeks, Two Movies with Harry, which we've mentioned a few times before. Please check your interest over there if you want to hear us compare two similar movies and talk about their plots and review them. Uh, Also, I am uh, personally, professionally a juggler, so if you are interested in juggling workshops, juggling performances, um, I could teach you how to crack a whip or uh, spin fire or something like that. Get in touch with the the boys at Beyond the Box Set and they can uh, get you in touch with me and I can... uh, Work for you as a juggler. That's the only mm-hmm. other thing I do that I can advertise. So general circus skills. You got a lot going on there. I have lots of general circus skills too. You do. Uh, you do science shows. Uh, I do. You do. You do tutoring. I do that. Yeah, but I don't need to advertise either of those. I have agencies for that. Okay, fair. <laughs> right. Um, okay. Well, science, science stuff. Get, yeah. get, get in touch. We'll, uh, we'll point you Ross's way. Ross Burton, circus artist. He's good. He's good. Yeah, he's, he's yeah. He's, he's got some really good looking merch. Mm-hmm. That's because Harry decided. Yay, go me! Well, I don't have merch. I have business cards. It's the same thing. I don't. Know. You got you got flyers. If you want to buy got... a T-shirt, then I'll have one specially printed yeah. for you. <laughs> but I don't currently have any. Oh, I have got a mug. Oh, we're all dragging this out quite a lot. Was there anything else? Oh yeah, and patrons, you do also get to choose a film for us once a month. Um, so you choose a film that doesn't have any sequels, prequels, spin-offs. We will do it on the main show and pitch some sequels to it. You are welcome to join us. We would encourage that. Um, if you want us to talk about a film that already does have sequels or something, or is a sequel itself, we'll do it on the bonus show, and you know we'll just talk it through. It's it's good fun to talk about films. That's generally why the three of us are in this room that is why we do the things we do mm, yes uh, so all that is available at patreon.com slash beyond the box set is that it yeah sequels yes sequels cool. awesome I would like to go first go ahead okay so this one is going to be it's kind of a prequel kind of a sidequel to Scrooge okay um, and it is going to be starring the crew of the next generation Star Trek the next generation mm-hmm. okay Ooh. sure interesting mm-hmm by the way, I'm titling this Star Trek First Contact 2. Okay, is this because Alfred Woodard's yeah. in it? Yeah. Oh, okay, okay, nice. Okay, yeah. cool. So go with me here. If you have any other ideas that, that could be slotted in here, then please do. In terms of titles? or In terms of Alfred Woodard, really. Okay. I've, I've not written much for her in this, but okay, she's sure. absolutely my favourite character of both of these films. Great, sure. Um, okay, so the crew of The Next Generation have all returned to the Enterprise 
F or something, a later one, for some kind of reunion. Sure. So this, um, is, this is the cast of the next generation in the present day of Reunited. I mean, in not in the rest... <laughs> in, 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 in present day, like 21st century. present day actors, whatever. you know, yeah. this is existing... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so they're all a fair bit older. Sure, um, yeah. Picard and Beverly Crusher are now retired. Okay. Riker is an admiral now. Data mm. is back as like B4, whatever he is when he's... Now, and you now. tell me. I don't know. The whole gang's back essentially. Great, cool. They're, so they're having a party in ten forward of the of the current ship. Okay, a red alert is called, and the ship is attacked. Quite quickly, the bridge is destroyed, and all the main crew of this ship are killed. Which just leaves room for the next generation crew to just be like, right, we're in charge now, and just all slot back into their original places. So I'm confused. So, the ship gets attacked. Right. The bridge is destroyed with all the crew of that ship on it. Oh, so they're not the crew. The next, uh, the cast of the oh, next the, the generation. Oh, the next one back for like a reunion. Like a, oh, they're not actually in control of the ship. They're just here for, to attend a party. Yeah, yeah, sort of thing. And then the actual crew get killed in an attack. Yes. So the next and so, generation And so then Picard's like, right, we're taking charge. Okay, yeah, I get it. Except there's no bridge now. Yeah. Well, maybe the bridge is the holodeck or something. So then they go back to the Enterprise D bridge. Oh, God. The best bridge. Okay, fine. I'm getting all trucky now. Maybe there's a secondary control bridge that looks like one of the old... To be versions. fair, there is, the, there is a, a battle bridge. There you go, perfect. My eyes are glazed there. over, listeners. It's they can go there. <laughs> hey, you like Star Trek. I do, but I like to pretend I, like to pretend I don't. I've got a it is, to pretend, it, it, it is yeah. fun to pretend, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, you know, nobody wants to be a nerd. <laughs> it, it turns out that the attackers are the Borg. Oh, okay, of course. What else? Yeah. Standard enemy. Mm. And uh, Picard... He, well, again, takes charge of this fight, wins the fight against the Borg, but not before a small Borg escape pod manages to travel back in time again towards Earth, of which okay. the Enterprise follows. So this is essentially almost exactly the opening scene to Star Trek First Contact. Okay, yeah. Borg go back in time to try and prevent humanity from becoming this great space race that can defeat the Borg. I see, okay. That's mm-hmm. essentially the plot of that film. Okay. So the cast of The Next Generation have gone back in time now. Mm-hmm. Back to 1983. Okay. And watch as the Borg ship travels down to Earth and lands. We then watch as a single Borg drone uh, gets out, goes into a house and starts attacking this family, consisting of Alfred Woodard, some husband who gets killed off pretty quickly, and their, their son. Oh, okay, so you, what you're positing here mm. is that the reason Tiny Tim doesn't speak in Scrooge is because his father was killed by the Borg. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. <laughs> also, does that mean that like several generations later... She has a great, 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 great granddaughter mm. who looks just like her, who mm-hmm. works with Zephyr and Cro- Crocran then. Yeah. That's good. I like it. Thank you. That works out really well. Yes, so the Borg in First Contact went back to Zephyr and Cochrane's time. Yes, they went back there to try and sort of, well, stop Zephyr and Cochrane, who, who essentially created faster than light, light, f- yeah. faster and light travel oh, yeah. for humanity. Um, Alfred Woodard was played a key role in that film, at least, mm-hmm. and which, of which, of course, the Borg lost. So now they're thinking, "Hey, Terminator was good. Let's go back <laughs> and, <laughs> and uh, sort of destroy, uh, destroy her ancestry and uh, see if that works." Okay. So they kill her husband. So, not so, her, though. well, they're 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 trying to get to her son, essentially. Oh, right. But of course, he's there because he. Yeah, her husband, and maybe her as well. I don't know, but her husband gets killed, yeah. probably defending them. That okay. makes sense. Yep. Um, wow. I like it. Oh, my God. Sorry. I mean, I don't really want to take anything away from Alfie Woodard by saying that she can't defend herself or anything. No, but no, like, no, no, no. Just, the dad needs to die. No, sure. No, just that makes sense. She wasn't necessarily there when... Oh, yeah. <laughs> just, just, just roll with it. Just okay, no, I'm, I'm here. I'm here, yeah, yeah. I'm here for it. Okay. Okay, so they arrive just too late to actually save the dad. So obviously the dad dies, as we know needs to happen. But they do manage to disable the Borg before it kills the mother and son. Okay. 
So everything's fine there. They think they saved the day, and so they go back to their ship. They take the body with them, doesn't matter. And uh, they go home, only to find that when they get back to the 24th century, or whatever it is, the Borg have taken over. Okay. And so they've lost the fight. So this is an alternate future in which the Borg have now... Pretty much, but I mean, they, they instantly just, like, they go back to the past. Okay, all right. Because that's one thing that's never discussed in First Contact, the time travel element, mm-hmm. how it's done. No. They have to come back. <laughs> it's a hole in space. They do that in Star Trek a few times. Yeah. I think there was one point in, like, Star Trek 4 or something that Kirk's, like, if we fly into a sun at light speed, we'll go back in time, and it works. <laughs> it's... Sure. Yeah. Do we go back in time to exactly the right location? You know what? Funnily, we do. Yeah. But blue whales are endangered. That's Star Trek for you. <laughs> yeah. They go back to the 80s, and they find out what went wrong. They find out that the boy is the grandfather of uh, Audrey Woodard's character from First Contact. Okay. So they're like, okay, well, we remember her. Because, sure. you know, her and Picard, they had that thing. So we need to keep her alive so that first contact can actually happen the way that we made it happen. Sure. So they work out that they need to essentially keep this boy alive. Okay. They look a little bit forward in history, and they see that this boy essentially dies of some medical reason. As, as, essentially, Avery Woodard can't afford to pay the medical bills. Oh, so oh, they see. manage okay. Scrooges. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. what they do is, like, okay, well, we need, we need to get her more money somehow. And uh, <laughs> Data being... Data makes some kind of reference to a Christmas Carol. Okay, it's like, hey, this sounds a little bit. Like, I, I don't know. And so it's like, okay, we're gonna we're gonna do a Christmas Carol on. Uh, oh, it's on, like a holiday episode. <laughs> Pretty <laughs> much, it, you know what the whole thing could be. I don't know. Maybe <laughs> maybe, the, maybe at the end, it's it, it was all a dream. Sure, okay, whatever. So that's what they decide to do. So what you're saying is the cast of Star Trek are pulling all the strings to make Scrooge happen, mm-hmm. so that Alfred Woodard will get a raise. So that her son will live to give birth to another version of Alfred Woodard. You make it sound more convoluted than... Let's be honest, it is. <laughs> carry on, That's correct. carry on. Okay. Um, so, yeah, they're going to just recreate A Christmas Carol, essentially, okay. for Bill Murray's character. Okay. So, now we get the, the fun job of casting who is going to be who. Okay, sure. So, who's going to be the first ghost that you see? Oh, so, Marley? Marley. 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 Marley, yeah. I feel like that's got to be Patrick Stewart. Yeah? yeah, yeah, that fits. Do you think he looks that old? Yeah, Patrick Stewart. Yeah, <laughs> like a dead body. <laughs> Anyone? Or, or, or Worf, and maybe the um... no Worf's got a big Christmas future, hasn't he? Yet to come, he's scary looking. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. No, I think Patrick Stewart could do the whole, you know, woe is me, <laughs> the chains, the shackles of my guilt oh, are yeah, dragging yeah, yes, me down yeah. to hell. Yes, because then he can just act his way through. Yeah, it. he can. Yeah. Yeah. But they screw it up and accidentally send the wrong person in who does the golfer character instead. Yes. Because <laughs> he doesn't do the chains and the no, he doesn't. Me yeah. in this version. What so if... that's their plan and they accidentally send someone else in. Oh, instead. what's the name of that guy in Star Trek who's like a bit of a red shirt but he's really... He crops up in all of them. Will Wheaton? No, oh, Will um, Wheaton. Barkley. Barkley, yeah. yeah. Yes. Could Barkley so, do it? I, I like the idea... Sure, I, I was thinking actually it could be like a malfunctioning data. Maybe, yeah. Yes. Because then he could have things like the golf ball coming out of his head. Oh, that's true. He could yeah. Stuff like that. And he could have holes in him. Could. So when he drinks, he like everything comes out. Actually, yes. He's best um, positioned to... I was also thinking to do some kind of technological thing as to why he can hold Bill Murray out of a window. Okay, yeah, you're right. Yeah. It, it, that makes sense. So he holds him out of a window. Maybe Dave's arm falls off. They drop him. Mm-hmm. They drop Bill Murray. They teleport, tra- they teleport, they teleport him up just at the last moment. He lands... He does literally land in a chair in Scrooge. True, yeah. So, yeah, yeah he lands in a chair, which he doesn't realise is mm. the holodeck. Okay, yeah. Which is their explanation for a lot of things from now on. 
Also, and can scene. I suggest that uh, Jean-Luc Picard is practicing his Marley's ghost and he's shaking his chains and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then someone walks in and says, dude, you've been rehearsing for far too long. We just did it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Data went and did it. Yeah. And he's like, oh. Oh. Yeah. oh. yeah, I like that. Oh, oh, oh. No, 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 we come back at the very end of the film and we see Picard just in his, in, in his ready room and he's there dressed as Scrooge, like with a top hat, the scarf over one shoulder and he's just playing every part by himself. <laughs> he's essentially doing that one-man show that I said earlier great. this week. I have taken this one-man show this far yeah. <laughs> and no further. <laughs> so basically the entire plot of Scrooge now is happening on the holodeck apart from the beginning bit because they've just basically used that trick of him being dropped off the building mm-hmm. to teleport him into the... I like it. Yes. That explains it a lot. It yeah. does, doesn't it? Okay. Yeah. Okay, so Ghost Christmas Past. I was thinking Riker. Yes. Is he mad enough? He play, he could play mad. Maybe Riker, like when he's got turned into his old admiral type. Okay, sure. He's yeah. he's got gone a bit mad. Okay, sure, yeah. Yeah. Perhaps. Yeah. Yeah. So that that explains how the, the taxi can go back in time and stuff. It's just the holodeck. It's fine. Yeah, I know anything can happen in a holodeck. Yeah. Sure, yeah. Um, and like walking through doors and stuff. Yeah. So that all lines up pretty well. Um, did we say who was Gus Christmas present? No, I mean it's it's Diana Troy, surely. Yeah, <laughs> surely. Yeah. 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 The only other woman I can think of is Beverly Crusher. Yeah, right? she's the only other woman. Yeah. She's too placid. Yeah, exactly. She, she's just fine. Yeah, I mean, she's just whatever. Yeah, Diana Troy. I think just beating up Bill Murray would be uh, a lot quite fun. fun. Yeah. Um, if you're wondering the technicalities of this, what I'm going to do um, when I obviously make this film, um, I'm going to transpose these new new actors over the old film. Oh, that's good. So it'll still be Bill Murray looking like, you know, 40-year-old Bill Murray or whatever he was. But the other actors... Like present-day like, uh, like, just like... Yeah. <laughs> like the way they did it with uh, Kung Pao. It's true. Um, and then did we say Worf was uh, the Ghost Christmas future? Yeah, to come. I think he should be, yeah. He's yeah. scary. Enough. I mean, you don't want to see his face, but exactly, it, yeah. it, it works. Yeah, exactly. Um, who else would it be? Well, nobody. No. Yeah. Um, I mean, they could do a thing where they own, he's like... Oh, you're not very scary. It's just some guy in a... Yes, that's that's, that's good. Yeah, Yeah, so when Bill Murray's in the elevator, for example. Yeah. Instead of of opening it up like that, he opens... Well, he opens it up like that and you see what a Klingon's belly looks like. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's not something you've ever seen before. That's true. It's it's got the exact same things as the forehead does. Yeah. (laughs) Same wave. Yeah, Yeah, I like it. Yeah, and so essentially they, they make it work and they go home and live happily ever after. That's pretty much it. Oh, okay. So it is... Scrooged, but on the holodeck, essentially. Yes. Scrooge meets first contact, and... Yeah, okay, no, that makes sense, I like it. Yeah, I think it probably could have been better for me, the whole thing a holodeck story, rather than making a convoluted Borg time travel plot. But, I like uh, the Borg yeah. time travel plot is my favourite bit. I mean, that's that's the bit that I didn't write. Oh, is <laughs> this... That? That's, that, that's the bit that I copied from first contact. Yeah, oh, right. I see, okay. Yeah, but the, the idea of the Borg being the one who killed Tiny Tim's dad, I love that. Yeah, it's a bit extreme, isn't it? It's yeah, very extreme. Yeah, I like that. yeah that's, good. that's good. Okay, who's next? Ross. Ross. Uh, you like to sandwich the guest between you guys, don't you? We so, do. Okay, so I had, my first idea was I wanted the shotgun guy to have a side call mm. in which he has a sort of, similar to Michael Douglas's Falling Down movie. I was thinking that too. Yeah. But that movie has already been made. Yeah. And I've watched some of it and I really want to catch the rest, but it looks really good. So Falling I didn't do that. What I instead have decided to do is pick another Dickens book. Oh, okay, interesting. And do a modern retelling of that, except I decided to go for another Dickens book and go more modern. Oh, okay. as in futuristic. Exactly. However, I'm gonna. I have five Dickensian retellings in a different genre, which I uh, decided not to do. So I'm gonna give you those quickly. Uh, first, the Prickwick Papers, nice. which is a porn retelling. <laughs> Nicholas Nickelback, which oh, is a story about a character who follows Nickelback around, and it's like a kind of road movie. Mm-hmm. Um, 
David Copperfield. Great author's grave here. <laughs> David Copperfield, which is a biopic about the uh, the magician. Yeah. Um, a Tale of Two Spaceships, which is uh, a sci-fi version. Yeah. Uh, and Bleak Castle, which is the medieval version of Bleak House. Nice, nice. nice. Uh, me- medieval fantasy, which of course leaves you with Oliver Twist in space. Oh, Oliver God. Twist in space. <laughs> yeah. Well, I haven't actually titled this, but I was going with Oliver Twisted because you can put ED on the end of anything. Uh-huh, sure. Um, so here we go. I had to do a bit of research because I didn't know the story of Oliver Twist very well. Okay. But see what you think of this. So we're in a space station. Uh, it's an isolated community, very much like Victorian London was. Okay. So it's an mm-hmm. isolated community. And here we have Oliver in a baby farm uh, <laughs> managed by a sort of robotic midwives kind of thing. Okay. We, possibly grown in petri dishes, or at least biological parents exist but grown in a kind of artificial situation so is this like a dystopian horror future or is it more yeah it's pretty it's going to be pretty dystopian think used future alien grimy matrix real world kind of stuff okay okay that's the general form it's not most of doctor who or star trek it's gritty sure it's my general vision uh so he's in a baby farm until he's about nine uh, run by these midwife robots. Mm-hmm. His parents possibly exist, mm-hmm. but we don't know. Sure. Uh, and then he transfers over to a workhouse building something spacey. Mm-hmm. But we do establish in this time that there's uh, that every single person has a kind of uh, a, a chip implanted in them called right. a ring, mm-hmm. which is, uh, it's, it, let's say, the back of the hand. It could be anywhere, but the back of the hand. And it's like a little ring of uh, microchips or something. Uh, which is your ID card, and it also got loads of other information, including your banking details, okay. your wealth. <laughs> you that kind of it. exists in the real world. Exactly, but this is something now that literally everyone has. Okay, it's become standardised. Sure. Exactly, yeah. Uh, so you have that installed as a baby, mm-hmm. and it kind of grows with you and that kind of thing. Huh? So then he ends up being apprenticed in the main portion of the space station uh, to an undertaker who is clearly up to something with the bodies he's picking up. I haven't yet worked out if I wanted to do a side plot with that, but I reckon that by the end we'd probably work out that the bodies get liquefied and fed to the babies. Oh no, oh my god. Because I'm going to the Matrix. Yeesh. (laughs) This is a dark Oliver Twist. It really is dark. Well, I mean, Oliver Oliver Twist Twist is dark. dark, I'm trying to stay true to Dickens in that sense. Anyway, he does a runner from the workhouse and does a runner from the apprentice undertaking job. Mm-hmm. And he falls in with a crowd of uh, hackers. Okay. Young, early teens, led by the uh, the artful dodger, obviously. Mm-hmm. Of course. Mm-hmm. Of hackers. Are and these all still like... Oh, so these are all still young teenagers, yeah? Yeah, exactly. So he falls in with this little team. And instead of being pickpockets, of course, they're hackers. Nice. So it's really easy... For them to get the a little machine like uh is sorry to interrupt, is this going to be a musical <laughs> it wasn't going to be i'm just thinking like of the oliver twist that i know obviously the musical like you've got to hack a mainframe or two that's good <laughs> well actually i'm not thinking hacking mainframes okay so they're using little things that might look like a calculator or a star trek tricorder or something and they can easily walk up to someone and scan their ring their mm-hmm. microchip scan their okay their micro rings and they can steal information but because they themselves either don't have rings, some of them, or they have rings, but they are wanted criminals. Okay. They can't subsequently spend the money. Mm-hmm. It's right. easy to steal, but it's hard to spend. I see. Okay. And Oliver is good at pretending to be other people. He's good at spending the money. So he becomes extra useful in the team. 
Uh, and then in the end, he uh, he goes on a raid with a bunch of the other hackers on a big job and ends up being injured, but actually taken in by the people they were trying to rob. Okay. Uh, and they end up sort of taking him in and raising him a little bit. And then the gang kind of finds him again. Uh, and then we got a bunch of adults who are connected to the gang. Uh, I had to Google this, but Monks, Fagin, and uh, Bill Sykes are the adults who are kind of connected to this, a whole bunch of criminal underworld. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, and they conspire to try and ruin Oliver, but mm-hmm. they discover that the ring had some extra information on it showing who his parents really were. Right, okay. Something that none of the other guys had because they were, never knew their parents. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the original story... It was a, a finger ring that he owned that had been his mother's. Yes. So that's where the microchip being oh, a see. ring okay. was. So this is Oliver's from. real parentage is not going to be revealed. Exactly. But he ends up being saved by uh, the kindly people who took him in in the first place. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just like the original novel, all the adult characters end up dead. <laughs> and he ends up, uh, and presumably the more vicious ones end up hanged by the uh, local constabulary. Uh, oh, they're still hanging up... on space stations. And... Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, except uh, they just hang them out of the window. Oh, okay, great. <laughs> just like throw them out the airlock. Yeah, yeah they throw them out the airlock, but on a rope. Oh, great, nice. I, sure. I feel like that's quite a good scene that could yeah, work. That sounds grotesque. Um, sure. And yeah, then he sort of ends up uh, in, a, in a series of adventures around that. He ends up with the kindly family who did kind of injure him and then tried to raise him and um, works out. And because of the details that they find in his ring, they can reconnect him with some of his family. Sure, great. And he's sort of adopted, and it, it's a sort of happy ending for him. Oh, nice, okay. So there we go, that, like that's that. what I was so going Oliver for. Twist, Oliver Twist, in space. Okay, yeah. I like it. Are you going to have Nancy? That's the only character you didn't mention. Yeah, I forgot who Nancy was. She's Bill Sykes' girlfriend, the one who goes, as long as he needs me, and then oh, gets beaten, so beaten that, to death in that horrific scene. Right? That's right. Uh, yeah. Well, maybe she is... Well, Bill Sykes presumably beats her to death, right? Yes. Yeah. Well, that's obviously what uh, gets him killed. Sure, yeah. The, so that crime, and yeah, let's have uh, let's have her be someone connected to Oliver. Maybe she takes him in. Maybe she's like an android. Oh, I like that. She yeah. could be a robot. Yeah, she's yeah. a robot who's devotedly loyal because she's programmed to be loyal to Bill Sykes, even though he's a big bastard. Yes. So Ooh, then, could Oliver reprogram her? Like yeah. he can hack her and well, reprogram she, her. Yeah, she discovers she overrides her programming because she falls in love with this little cute little street urchin in, in space. In space. Uh, yeah. <laughs> And yeah, maybe, but she can never truly betray her love. So she lets Oliver escape, but then her programming won't, won't let her go with him. So then she's trilling in her robotic voice, as long as he needs me, beep, 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 beep. And then she gets beaten. You know, she gets her, main, bits. her metal brains bashed out by evil Bill Sykes. And yeah. it's horrible. I mean, Bill Sykes could also be a robot, maybe. I think it's sadder if he's not and she is. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. I certainly don't see this as a Blade Runner-y future. Like, sure, the yeah. robots look like robots. Yeah, that's, I was thinking of, like, like the Jetsons. Like, you know, yeah. Just, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Jetsons robots yeah, rather yeah. than, um, like, replicants. Definitely, yeah. yeah. Uh, any any thoughts or questions or no. ways we can space this up a little bit more? Could you put Alfie Woodard in it? <laughs> <laughs> that's a good point. Maybe. Maybe she could play... Um, she could play a robot. She could be Robot Nancy. She could be Robot Nancy. There you go. <laughs> Alfred Woodard is hereby in this film now. Yes. No, I like that. I think I like the idea of more classic literature being rebranded but in space. Yeah. I mean, I mentioned this earlier today as well. Disney was good at this. Mm. I feel like the Muppets Especially are good at this. It, yeah. And this is my attempt at doing a non-comedic version of what Scrooge did yeah. to Christmas Carol. I kind of had to go for Oliver Twist because of all the ones of Dickens I know. Mm. That's the only one I even know at all. Yeah. Muppet Oliver Twist. That should happen. Yeah. 
I did Ugh. read. <laughs> I did read Great Two Expectations. Two things I really don't like: Charles Dickens. You don't like any Charles novels. Dickens. It's just so boring it and really dull. Is. I read Great Expectations, and I tell you, it wasn't as good as I thought it was going to be. Oh, very good, very good. Actually, it did suck. Really? I really, I found it very dull. I've seen it on stage. It was good. Speaking of boring and dull. <laughs> the, anyway, the theater in general. I think that's <laughs> I think that's my idea wrapped up then unless you guys have any additions. No, I think no. I like it, yeah. That Pretty was good. good. I liked it. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. I approve. I think that could work. Okay. Shall I get to mine? Mm-hmm. Please do. Okay. So mine is set in the future and it's a pawn. I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, mine is a direct sequel. Okay. It's set 30 years after the original, you know, because this film came out in 1988 I believe so mm-hmm. that tracks so today <laughs> basically it's set today yeah and it still stars Bill Murray as Frank Cross is the character's name Ooh. so we pick up 30 something years later and Frank has you know changed 30 years and 4 days ok cool 30 years and 4 days so it's Christmas Eve cool ok yeah well <laughs> not necessarily oh yeah no actually you're right it is most of this takes place on Christmas Eve Good. but maybe there's a bit of prologue so, Frank has changed his ways after being visited by the free ghost. You know, th- they had the desired effect. Mm-hmm. He has married Claire, Karen Allen. He has uh, become a better person. He's had a lot of therapy to control his rage issues. And he now specialises in producing Christmas fundraisers and socially responsible television. So, nice. You know, like children in need kind of stuff, you know, telephones and, you know. Uh, yeah. yeah, he's just generally become very zen and very good. Anyway... He and Claire have an, a now adult son who, despite their best efforts, has grown up to be a selfish, spoiled brat. And he's working, he's got a horrible, like, bad for the world job. Maybe he works for, like, an oil company or maybe he's, like, a social media influencer for a right wing website, you know, like Breitbart or something. Oof, like, he's, he's just a, a, a terrible, despicable he's modern. He's just a horrible being. black. He's just a horrible, horrible person. I was thinking to play Bill Murray's, like, adult son who's a horrible person. I'm open to suggestions. Jonah Hill? Yes. Yeah. Oh, that works. Yeah, that works well. I can see that, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like Bill Murray's asshole son, Jonah Hill, mm-hmm. kind of works. So Bill Murray's obviously getting a bit older now. You know, he's pushing 70. And he's worried, you know, as he looks into the twilight of his years, he's worried that his son might never be offered the chance to change his ways in the way that he did. And consequently, his son might be doomed to an eternity of suffering. And he doesn't want to, you know, pass on before he, knowing that his son has a chance to be better, basically. Because he's obviously been through this experience of, you know, being threatened with eternal damnation. So, given that an actual Christmas miracle doesn't appear to be on the horizon for his son, he decides to call in some favours and fake one. Because <laughs> he works in television, mm-hmm. so this oh, will be very brilliant. easy. So, he calls in some favours at the TV studio to basically fake an, an entire Christmas carol scenario around his, his, his son. To kind of mm. scare his son into being... A nicer, more considerate human being. So obviously, this is going to involve finding some actors who can play the ghosts of Christmas past, present, and future. Mm-hmm. So I was thinking, first up, ghost of Christmas past, Steve Buscemi. Yes, I like that. Mm. We always cast Steve Buscemi, don't we? We do, but yeah, yeah. Well, I was thinking, I was thinking of the guy from Scrooge, the taxi driver. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of um, sca- yeah, that, that translates well. Kind of scary looking. And yeah. It's not going to be an exact like for like match. But I was just thinking. Mm. Like, I mean, you know. if you want oh, an so exact like for like match. So, so sorry, are they playing vaguely the same characters? No, are? that's something. I'm just just somebody who could play Christmas Past. So. I mean, if you like a, if you want a like for like match, get Benicio. Benicio del Toro. Benicio del Toro <laughs> yeah, exactly. oh, yeah. But that's too much like for like. It's, it's almost yeah. like there's nothing you can go do with that. It's just he's just be, he'll be the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was thinking like someone like Steve Buscemi who's like oh, you know. Does Frank Cross get actually? 
actual Steve Buscemi. Uh, <laughs> is no, Steve think... Buscemi playing Steve Buscemi in this film? Maybe, yeah. I, he gets the actual actor. Yeah, Steve why not? Buscemi. Why not? Sure, right. yeah. Uh, so then we get a few sort of looking to stage left, just at the, at the end of a sentence. Yeah. Oh, he's got to be. F- yeah, full. As, as in, just like he's he's doing this, but he's clearly just doing it for a job, and he's just like, D- am I doing all right? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. He's being, Bill Murray's directing this whole thing yeah. off stage, so yeah, it's he obviously can't actually take his son back in time, mm-hmm. so instead he has to hire a bunch of young actors. I'm pitching that he Bill Murray hires the cast of Stranger Things right. to play <laughs> to play his son's childhood self and all of his friends. Oh yeah, yeah, sure. So nice. yeah, so I don't know, maybe the. Gappy toothed one can play young Jonah Hill, and then the other ones are just like his friends. And so, obviously, basically, they're going to kidnap Jonah Hill and do this whole production, basically. Mm-hmm. And then maybe Jonah Hill's going to be like, That doesn't look anything like me. I don't remember this at all. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. I am the ghost of your past. Like, it's, it's all going to be very, like, amdram and silly. Yeah. Also, he doesn't know much about his son's childhood, you know, because his son had his own life going on. So, he, it's, it's, it involves a lot of guesswork. So all sure, of these are things yeah. that didn't... So he's like, you had a love interest, right? Mm-hmm. And we're like, not really. I don't remember this girl at all. Like, it's just going to be nonsense, basically. Yeah, okay. Anyway, so that doesn't work out very well. Mm-hmm. J- Jonah Hill is unconvinced. So then it gets to the ghost of Christmas presents. Donald Glover. For presents. Yes. I've gone in a different direction, but mm-hmm. I, I like the idea. My idea was that for Christmas present, he hires a respected stage actress mm. who's going to be played by Meryl Streep. Yes, I kind of thought you were going to go that way, but no. Yeah. Why Donald Glover? I like his crazy. Okay, yeah. I can see that if you want to do like a Carol Kane thing. Mm. Of being like, you know, wake up, man. Right? Mm-hmm. You know, that could work. I was just thinking, the reason I cast Meryl Streep is I was thinking you could have like a very pretentious ghost of Christmas present. Like a very stagey, very actressy. He was mm-hmm. like, but what's my motivation to <laughs> yeah, oh, I like Bill that. Murray? And he'll be like, you're Christmas. Your motivation is you're Christmas. Right? And it'll just, I like that. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. And again, he has to rope in all of Frank Jr.'s current... His, Junior Hill's character is called Frank Jr. Mm-hmm. Rope in all of his current friends and family to kind of play along. Unwith, you know, a lot of them are not happy about this situation at all, but mm-hmm. they just be where he threatens them and bribes them to basically play along. To create some dramatic present-day scenes of them pretending that they don't even like him, you know, that they've always hated him, that he's ruining their lives, etc., some girl has to play the one that got away. And again, Jonah Hill's going to be like, I don't even know who she is. <laughs> <laughs> and again, he's just not going to buy into it whatsoever. Mm-hmm. He's going to, it's not going to work out. So oh, last throw of the dice, he needs to cast a ghost of Christmas future. Of Christmas yet to come. Mm-hmm. The only person he can get, there are no actors available left. So instead he hires a, a terrified intern who works at the production company, mm-hmm. who's going to be played by Michael Serra. Sure. Mm-hmm. I was I was thinking of someone like nerdy and not threatening at all. Yeah, that's his back. Like, he doesn't know what to do. He doesn't want to do it. But he, Bill Murray's like, look, just get in the suit. So they just <laughs> put Michael Cera in the full like you know, mm-hmm. death suit, which mm-hmm. I think would be pretty funny. Yeah. Yeah. Put the hood over you. Just don't show your face. Just do this. Do a bit of whoa. Be scary. You know. And he really goes all out on this one because he knows this is his last chance. So he <laughs> fully has to fake his own son's death. Mm-hmm. So he hides out a crematorium. He gets a coffin. Fills it with cinder blocks convinces all like, a bunch of fake mourners all the friends and family to come together and stand around the coffin and say horrible things about him mm. and then obviously Michael Sarah kind of leads Jonah Hill in who's been drugged or something Yeah, <laughs> he's like look at your future Ooh. Mm. and then Jonah Hill's going to be crying and horrified and scared and then just when it looks like it might work the wife the Karen Allen character is going to run in and be like to Bill Murray Frank this is sick what the hell do you think you're doing like 
And she's gonna be she's just gonna be like, I have no I want no part of this. You can't fake our son's death, this is disgusting. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it all comes out into the open. Bill Murray has to confess everything. And he tearfully confesses to his son that he's gone through all of this just because he wants him to be a better person. Mm-hmm. And uh, Jonah Hill is very moved. He's like, Dad, if, if me being a better person means so much to you that you would fake my own death and hire half of Hollywood to play Christmas ghosts, then I'm going to try and be a better person and it'll be a Christmas miracle. And then yeah. Credits roll. That's okay. It. I like it. Not yeah. my best. It's something. Yeah. I like it. Does Jonah Hill give a dramatic speech down camera about how to be a better person? Yeah, there might be like a long 15 minute insane monologue. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> he kisses a random woman. Probably. There's going to be some sexual assault. There's going to be a... Bill Murray shouts at him, seriously, it didn't. It was not good for yeah. me. Your mum was mad at me for like four years after that. Yeah. Don't. Yeah. In fact, maybe Jonah Hill does a very tearful speech. He's like, I love your dad. I love your son. They hug us. I'm going to be a better person. I promise. Credits roll, some lovely Christmas song plays, and then over the credits you just see Jonah Hill banging prostitutes, snorting <laughs> just like, not living, he's immediately gone straight back it's to It's been it. a family appropriate film right yeah. up until the credits, yes. and then it's just... And then just goes straight rated. back to just being, yeah, to being a dick, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like, I like that. that. Yeah. yeah. Does this film establish whether or not Bill Murray's character was genuinely seeing magic spirits, or was just going crazy? I think he genuinely thinks he did. Whether or not he did or not is up to interpretation. But that's fair. The fact that it's not happening for his son makes him freak out, and he decides he just has to fake it because yeah. he can't. I like that. Gamble on, yeah. Yeah, I want to give my son the second chance I got. But yes. I'm not relying on spiritual means. Yeah. So he tries to do it himself with disastrous results. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> this does give your Frank Cross character the actual redemption that you were so skeptical of. Yes, true. In this version, he has genuinely been, been a better person. So yeah. I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. Mm. Nice. I have enjoyed that very much. Good. Very nice. Cool. Any other questions before we get to listen submissions? No, let's do it. Well, go ahead. Do you have any this week? Mm, okay, so um, firstly, I'd probably be in trouble if I didn't say Phil Better has been in touch on every single post we've put out about Yes, this. also on mine. Yeah. He's been on the Two Geeks, Two Movies Instagram. When when I do, at what point this. does a listener become a stalker? <laughs> I, I don't know. But Phil Better is very, very adamant that we do not pitch any sequels to this. Oh, sorry. Um, sorry, Phil, but we've ignored even we've done it. Yeah, he did say on the on my Instagram, uh, thanks, Phil, um, don't make this, I think, rather than don't pitch this. <laughs> but if he said don't pitch this on yours, then... <laughs> He said still trying to make a sequel to this classic, oh, yeah. it won't happen, and many other versions of which, which have uh, multiple different uh, strengths of language. Right. <laughs> Fair enough, he's very adamant, isn't he? He does not want any of this, so he has not contributed at all, I've told him it's bad content, and he has ignored me. Fair enough. So thank I, you, I think that was the extent of the ideas I gave you guys for A Knight's Tale as well, which was please don't. <laughs> Uh, however, there have been a few others. So we've got Aaron Spite. Um, I think I'm saying your surname correctly. I apologize if I'm not. Bill Murray's character Frank, after being visited by ghosts, decides to leave the movie business and focus his life on fighting and containing the ghost that he knows are real. Ah. He changes his name to Peter Venkman and becomes a scientist. Then he teams up with two other scientists to seek his revenge, call it something like Ghostbusters. Uh, it, it may sound familiar, but I'm certain that nothing like it exists. Terrible idea, never work. No. no, I like the idea of Bill Murray's character getting his revenge on the Ghost of Christmas present, though, and just sucking up Carol Kane. Mm. In a- <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> yep, that'd be good. Yeah. Uh, 
Um, Scott Gerrard says that Bill Murray becomes a weather reporter after the events of the movie, and one winter he winds up being stuck in another time travel mishap when he's forced to live the same day over and over until he relearns some of the lessons he learned in Scrooge and becomes a better person. Oh. Now that'll never work either. No, so that's no, a terrible idea that. for a film. Again, guys, come on, these are awful ideas. Yeah. And finally, from my list, I've got uh, Aaron Mitten has said, everything that was prophesied by the ghost of Christmas future comes true. Confused, Frank finds out it was the devil that took him through all those scenarios, past, present, and future. The devil needed him to change in order to set in effect a chain of events that would lead to the kid being institutionalized because the kid was supposed to be the one that stopped the devil from reigning on Earth. The kid yeah. being the little tiny Tim figure. Yeah, I guess. He was okay. supposed to be institutionalised. Does that mean he yeah. was institutionalised in the... Uh, yeah, I think so. He was in one of the flash forwards, but he tried to prevent that by getting his mama raised. Oh, I see. So the kid was like the Damien from the Omen. So the kid was actually the son of the devil or something. And him getting institutionalised saved the world from the devil. I think so. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Mm. I get it now. Okay. So the devil was trying to prevent the kid from being institutionalized okay right got so it so before it. cross dies um, sorry before frank dies as was prophesized he has to fix everything back to the way it was which means that the cremation scene still happens but frank dies a hero at the end mm. yikes dark he gets burnt to death alive yes horrifying okay. yes cool okay is that all yours mm-hmm. okay i have a few as well uh, matt hanley said uh, scrooge 2 is that it? Is that it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's it. It's, nice. a tra- it's a traditional answer every week. Uh, sw- <laughs> sequel to this film, he just says that film's title too. I guess it's... Yeah. Fair Mike Carey said, Scrooged in translation. Mike <laughs> travels to Japan after his transformation, where he befriends a lo- the lonely wife of a photographer. So now I can't see that working either. Terrible <laughs> idea. No, no, it, it would never work. I it's seen, never going to make millions I see no Oscars in that sc- <laughs> scenario. Uh, Jeff Walker said, remake it with John Hamm. I can see that, like a modern remake with John Hamm from uh, Mad Men. Yeah. That would work, yeah, the Mad Men he'd be, he'd be a good. He's got a Bill Murray's quality. You could so. certainly make it more advertising guy than TV guy yeah, as well. Yeah, 100%. That would work. Stuart Jipp said Moulin Scrooged, a musical. <laughs> Moulin Scrooged. <laughs> right, yeah. Good. Uh, Brian Lynch said remake it with Joel McHale from uh, Community. Oh, yeah. Jeff from Community. Yeah. Which made me think, actually, just remake the entire film, but it's Community. So if Joel McHale, if Jeff is Scrooge... Mm-hmm. Tiny Tim's got to be Donald Glover. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he looks best as a child. He does, yes. Christmas present. Uh, Alison Brie, surely. Uh, oh, Britta's a bit Dean? more bonkers. I was going to say Britta, maybe. Yeah, Britta's a bit more bonkers. Then Alison Brie can be. But the, the, the Dean loves a costume. Oh, I could, that's I could true. see the Dean in like a yes. fairy like look. That's perfect. Yeah, Dean. sure. Yeah. Okay, who else have we got then? Christmas past. Maybe that could be Britta. I think. Yeah, that could work. So who's Bob Cratchit? Who's left? Is Bob Cratchit? That's that's, that's going to be Abed. Um, okay. Maybe Alison Brie can be Jacob Marley. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She, she'd be good because she be she could do the whole kind of like whoa. She's very mm. theatrical like that. So, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But then maybe afterwards get a bit neurotic about it. Yes. Whoa! Was that scary enough? Yeah. Oh, we haven't cast Yvette Nicole Brown. Oh yeah. Wait, who, who's the guy that uh, Scrooge works with? Marley, I just Marley. said that's Alison Brie playing. Uh, Maybe they both could, because they're like pals, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. Maybe we'd have a Marley and Marley situation. Yes. You've got right. Alison Brie and uh, Yvette Nicole Brown are the two... As long as they argue. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, yes. Mm. <laughs> also, can the phrase Ghost of Dean must present turn up at some point? Oh, of course. Absolutely, yes. Okay. <laughs> Great. So thank you very much for that, Brian Lynch. Uh, Jose Martinez said Tooge. I think you said that, didn't you? So, I think I said Tooge yeah. already. Mm-hmm. Uh, Walt Williams said The Muppet Scrooged. 
Uh, Derek Martz said, Frank Cross, Bill Murray, dies a peaceful, natural death and becomes the new ghost of Christmas past and or present, showing a miserly character played by Paul F. Tompkins, the error of his ways. Uh, like that. Mm-hmm. Paul F. Tompkins is the actor who does the voice of Mr. Peanut Butter in Bojack Horseman, yep. among other things. Uh, David Rollinson said, retroactively unmake the original. So I guess he doesn't like this film at Ooh. all. Oh, no. Yeah. And I think that's all of them. Not one could of you do a sequel friends, which could... Uh retroactively unmake the original. Could you make a sequel that was so opposite this, like a kind of anti-film, that Maybe, could make yeah. the other one be wiped from someone's memory? I was thinking, could you make a sequel of this that uh, unmakes Justice League from being a movie, and then we can just do that again? <laughs> yeah, that'd be good. If we can just unmake movies now? Can we unmake all of the DC films and have another go at it? That feels like a different podcast, guys. <laughs> <laughs> well said. And those are the listener submissions that I got. So thank you very much, guys. Those were our listener submissions for Scrooged. If you have any sequel ideas for Scrooged or any films we've done in the past or any films we might do in the future, please let us know. We are Beyond the Box Set. You can find us at beyondtheboxset.com. Our podcast is available on all good podcasting platforms, including iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, and Acast, and many more. Just search Beyond the Box Set. You can also find us on Patreon. Go to patreon.com forward slash beyondtheboxset. And we have merchandise available at TeePublic. And that wraps up Christmas. It does. So that's oh, a nice uh, pun. Well done. I like that. Wraps up Christmas. Yeah. Actually, I, that I, what, I just wanted to move past it. Really, <laughs> I, genuinely, it was an accident. Like, yeah. I wanted sure. to acknowledge and enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Mm, great. Well, I'm glad you're here, Ross. Yeah. Thank, Thank you. you for coming on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, anything you want to plug quickly before I uh, um, get lost? Listen to Two Geeks Two Movies, please, and hire me as a juggler, please. Sure. Yes, both good things. Both will have links in the description. Yes. Cool. Yes. So, uh, well. We've got one more episode this year, I guess, which is going to be our 2018 wrap-up. We're going to talk about every film that me and John have seen in the cinema this year, mm-hmm. which is, I don't know, vaguely 50 films, maybe maybe a little bit more, maybe a little bit less. I'm mm-hmm. not too sure. We're going to go quite quickly through them. We're going to rank each one, see if our rankings match up to our initial rankings when we uh, went through them at the time. And we're also going to do a very quick, off-the-cuff sequel pitch to each film, Yeah, which... Will be interesting when it comes to films like Avengers: Infinity War, where it's kind of part yeah. of a huge franchise. Yeah, <laughs> but then when it comes to things like I'm sure um, we can do better than the Russo the uh, bad times at the El Royale, yeah. that's going to be a good time mm-hmm. or a bad time at the El Royale. A good, a good time at Beyond the Box Set. One of those, anyway. Yeah. That, that could have all gone smoother. So uh, yeah, we'll, we'll do a 2018 wrap up, and then we'll be back in the new year for a new episode, episode 98, I believe it is. So. We're getting very close to our 100th episode live. We are. It's exciting Don't forget that. Go to beyondabox.com slash live. See if you want to come. It is going to be a great time. We're going to do E.T. Have you seen E.T., Ross? I have seen E.T. I might re-watch it in preparation for this because I am going to be uh, I'm going to be there in the pub as well. Excellent. That's Excellent. the plan, anyway. Good stuff. Mm-hmm. Great. So, yeah, we're, we've had we had at the back room of our, of our local pub and we're going to be doing a live episode where we're going to pitch sequels, prequels and spin-offs to E.T., and it's going to be embarrassing, I imagine. That's probably what's going to happen. What is it with that attitude? Hmm? <laughs> mm. I have high hopes. I'm excited. Yes. Um, anyway, uh, should I say what uh, the next yeah. regular episode is? Yeah, if you've got one planned, yeah. Yeah, okay. So I was thinking of starting a new tradition, which, uh, well, to start a new tradition, you have already done it at least once, and we have. The first film that we did last year was Wally, so I've now decided our tradition is going to be the first film of the year is always going to be a Pixar film. Oh, okay. Great. Which one are we doing? We're going to be doing Inside Out. Oh, yeah, I love that film. It's going to be so good. That is one of my favourites. I love that film. So I've already done something of a sequel to that. Have you? Oh, you, you, you built it, it into like Inception. Inception, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
yeah, that's that's going to be a good one. I like. I'm excited. I've not revisited that film for a while. No, I've only seen it the once, and it was quite soon after it came out. I remember really enjoying it. It's a great film. I, I cannot wait to to get back to that. Cool. So uh, yeah, join us uh, next week for the 2018 wrap up, and then I think a week later for Inside Out, and then two weeks later for ET Live, which I'm not panicking about. It's fine. It'll be good. It'll be great. Don't listen to him. Cool. Okay. Well, thanks a lot. Thank you, Ross, for joining Thank us you again. For having me. Always a pleasure. Sure, this won't be the last time. And uh, yeah. probably not. No. And uh, yeah. Thanks, guys. Bye. 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 That bitch hit me with a toaster.